Welcome to KXAN News Today. Here are your Friday morning headlines. Two people taken to the hospital after a car crashed into a tree late last night. Austin Travis EMS responded to the call right before 10 o'clock last night off of FM 2669 near Cedar Creek. Four people were involved in the crash. Only two were taken to the hospital, both with serious injuries. President Joe Biden will head to the Texas border this weekend. His first visit since taking office. He'll be arriving in El Paso on Sunday. The Texas Department of Transportation will open the new RM620 overpass at 5 o'clock later on this morning. It begins at Briarwood Drive and will allow drivers to travel over Chisholm Trail to access I-35. Additionally, traffic will be able to use the new eastbound RM620 frontage road to access Chisholm Trail. Today marks two years since the attack on the U.S. Capitol. Thanks for joining us this morning. I'm Tom Miller. I'm Sally Hernandez. January 6th, back in 2021, was the day Congress was meeting to formally count the electoral votes, affirming that President Donald Trump lost the election. Supporters of Trump flooded the U.S. Capitol, attempting to interfere with that meeting. Rioters attacked police, ransacked the Capitol, and sent members of Congress and their staff into hiding. Now, in Washington, D.C., law enforcement officers, veterans, and lawmakers are calling for more accountability and security. Congress recently passed a bill to make it harder to overturn election results. And lawmakers say a lot remains to be done to fight those problems and that political violence does not have a simple solution. Capitol Police Officer Brian Sicknick died after the attack. Yesterday, his longtime partner filed a wrongful death lawsuit. It's against Trump and two men involved in attacking Sicknick. Sandra Garza says Trump and the two rioters are directly and vicariously liable for Sicknick's death. Washington's chief medical examiner ruling last year that Sicknick died of natural causes after having suffered two strokes. Civil suit accuses Trump of inciting the crowd to violence, seeking $10 million from both him and the two rioters. First warning weather with meteorologist Kristen Curry. Good morning and happy Friday. We begin with a live look outside. A little more cloud cover out there today compared to what we had yesterday. This is the view from our Lady Bird Johnson Wildflower Center. Temperatures in the 30s and 40s this morning. It is cold. You want to make sure you've got that jacket with you as we're down to 38 in Georgetown, 46 in Austin. We've got those upper 30s to low 40s out in the hill country, mostly 40s east of I-35. Technically speaking, about 2 to 5 degrees warmer than where we were yesterday at this time. Like I said, it is chilly, but it doesn't stay chilly. We've got a good amount of sunshine between those clouds today. That's going to help warm up those temperatures. Visibility looks good. Area wide, not seeing any issues with fog. From those 30s and 40s, we are on our way to the 60s by lunch forecast high today, 75 degrees. Warmer than yesterday by more than 5 degrees, but we do see some changes as early as tomorrow morning. Some showers coming through. This will increase in coverage really as we get into the day Saturday. It's all along a cold front coming in. Some thunderstorms are possible. Pockets of heavy rain. Cooler temperatures will briefly fill in behind it, but I do think you're going to like your Sunday afternoon forecast. And we'll talk a little bit more about it. Stretch out seven day forecast the next time I see you. Kristen, thank you. A former Dripping Springs ISD employee is accused of human trafficking. Investigator say Marisol Solis had sex with a student several times. She worked as a custodian. The district fired her back in December. The Hayes County Sheriff's Office issued an arrest warrant for the 21-year-old. Solis has not been arrested. Investigators say more charges are possible. 
Chris Beard is no longer the University of Texas men's basketball coach. UT firing him yesterday following his domestic violence arrest last month. Even though Beard's case is still going through the legal system, the university says it fired him with cause. Police arrested him last month after his fiance claimed that he hurt her, but she has since put out a statement backtracking from that somewhat. The Travis County DA said that the case is still under review, and there are questions about how is this going to impact the university's ability to recruit. KXAN's Grace Reader talked to some of the coaches to see whether this could hurt UT's program. From neighborhood basketball courts to UT's campus. I think it's a little unfortunate, but it seems like the team's been doing pretty good with uh, Coach Terry. People are talking about the future of the University of Texas's basketball team. Its head coach got this email Thursday. Dear Chris Beard, the University of Texas at Austin is terminating your employment. It comes 25 days after Austin police officers say he choked and hit his fiance. She has since come out saying Beard did not strangle her and she never wanted to press charges. A response from Beard's attorney says he's, quote, crushed at the news he will not be coaching at the University of Texas and said the university violated its agreement with him. Regardless of the criminal proceedings, it leaves UT without its head basketball coach. I think for the most part, you know, Texas handled it in you know, the best way they could. That's Westlake's head basketball coach, Robert Lucero. He weighed in on whether this will hurt local recruiting. You know, we think back to some of the players that came through here. Um, you know, Brock, you know, UT's his school. He wanted to go there since he was little. So um, I think regardless of who the coach is, um, the brand at Texas is um, a little bit bigger than any one person. And when it comes to the players looking at UT right now. Coach Terry that's there and his staff. Um, you know, they're very experienced and they know the Big 12 well and they know uh, recruiting and they know Texas. And so I think they'll do a good job um, for the rest of the season. Grace Reader, KXAN News. Well, Coach Lucetto also said how this season plays out will say a whole lot about recruitment that's coming in, the recruits who do choose to go to UT. Digging deeper into this, the criminal case is not settled yet, so the question that a lot of people have, what happens next? From here, it's going to be up to the Travis County District Attorney's Office to determine if this case goes forward. Told us it's still under review. We also talked to a criminal defense lawyer, a retired district court judge. He says even though Beard's fiance says she doesn't want to press charges, at this point, that doesn't matter. It is not unusual in domestic violence cases for the victim to recant and to um, make a, a desire, express her desire to no longer pursue the case. But the ultimate decision on whether to pursue the case or not is up to the state of Texas, the prosecuting authority. So this attorney estimates that the legal process in this case could take anywhere from four to six months. This morning, a live look at the U.S. Capitol, where there continues to be no functioning U.S. House of Representatives. After nearly a dozen failed votes, lawmakers are going to head back to Capitol Hill this afternoon. They will vote again on a House Speaker. U.S. House voted to adjourn last night after 11 failed rounds of voting. What new court documents are revealing about the murder of four Idaho college students? And a unique partnership working together to keep a local Austin Park safe. Good morning. It is 440 here as we take a live look. Cloudy skies over central Texas. The view from the Lady Bird Johnson Wildflower Center. Thanks so much for joining us on this Friday morning. 
want to get to some chilling new details being released about the murders of four University of Idaho students. These court documents became unsealed yesterday. Chilling details, a probable cause affidavit connecting the quadruple homicide with the white Hyundai Elantra driven allegedly by Brian Koberger. NBC News Gotti Schwartz is in Moscow, Idaho with more. Yeah, coming up on the Today Show, so many disturbing details regarding this affidavit that was released in this case. But central to this case is going to be a piece of evidence that was recovered that is a knife sheath. A knife sheath, which is basically an extension of the murder weapon, was recovered there at the scene with a piece of DNA. Today, we were inside of the court as a judge met with Brian Kohlberger for the first time. Some of the victims' families were in attendance. We were sitting right behind them. Those families uh, looking straight at the man that is now accused of killing their loved ones. One of their fathers never broke eye contact in the direction of Brian Kohlberger. However, Brian Kohlberger looked straight at the judge expressionless the entire time. We're going to have much more coming up on the Today Show. At least 10 people are hurt this morning after shooting outside a Miami restaurant. Witnesses say it happened during a video shoot for rapper French Montana. However, police say they don't know where this started, but it did lead to shots being fired. Yeah, you hear that storms over California so intense that sound right there are winds rattling the windows of this skyscraper. This is in San Francisco, California. It's part of a larger weather system we've been talking about for days now. Now, the damage is widespread across the state, although most of it is found in the Bay Area in Northern California. There's widespread flooding, power outages, ongoing evacuations. The storm now being blamed for the death of a two-year-old after a tree fell on a home. And the coast in Santa Cruz getting pummeled by waves, ultimately destroying part of the pier there yesterday afternoon. And the storm system is sparking an avalanche warning in parts of the Sierra Nevada mountains where up to four feet of snow is expected. Also some whiteout conditions in the mix with wind gusts yesterday over 100 miles per hour. Emergency officials asking people to stay off the roads. Tamar Hamlin doing a little better after collapsing during that NFL game Monday. His first question to doctors after waking up in the hospital. What President Biden had to say before his long-awaited visit to the border this weekend. Now there's very little time to process the firing of Chris Beard for this Longhorn basketball program right in the middle of the season. We've got a road game tomorrow. We'll hear from a national perspective on the Longhorns the beard firing coming up. Good morning, a live look from downtown Austin. Looking out in the 6th Street area. It is 446 this morning. It is Friday. Hope you're having a great start to the end of your week. I want to tell you about a unique partnership underway, and this is to keep a popular Austin City Park safe. Yeah, Austin Police Parks and Rec, the Office of Violence Prevention and Texas State University all teaming up and they're going to survey community members on the changes that they want to see to the Givens Park. This is in response to a history of crime at the park as well as community leaders desire to keep up the legacy as a staple in the community and what it means to families in there. Austin police say that they are exactly trying to go layer by layer to figure out what is the problem with the area.
in historical policing, you might think that you, you think you know what the problem is, but when you start really going through and working with the community and that sort of thing, you'll identify that there's actually other drivers to where your problems are. Given Spark initiative is still in its early stages, police, the city, and Texas State University are in the process of putting together the community survey. We reported last year how crimes in Austin Parks rose enough that the city put together a dashboard to track stats. Going in depth, the dashboard is up to date through the end of November. And over the last year, crime is up 11% in Austin Parks, but there's been a dip during the last three months. Since the 2023 fiscal year started in October, there's already been close to 400 crimes committed in or near parks. Well, you can check out some free concerts this weekend. The group behind Safer Together is a, putting on a concert series that raises awareness about the increase in overdose deaths in Travis County. It's called Free Week, and it helps local musicians during a season that's not as active. Several different venues in the Red River Cultural District are offering these free shows through tomorrow night. And KXAN photojournalist Mariano Garza got a look at the first night of shows yesterday. kickoff night here at the Red River Cultural District. There's live music at 12 venues down here on Red River. There'll be over 100 acts over the next three days. One of our friends uh, asked us to play and we got on the bill and it was a really great first show because it was packed. A lot of people uh, may not be aware of the Red River Cultural District that now can have an opportunity to like come down and check it out for free and enjoy it. You get to experience a lot of different sounds in one night and, and just kind of sample all the cool clubs that we have down here on Red River in particular, and that's really good. It's a, it's a little sample, you know? Ready to get out and about and have fun. 13th floor is obviously really good. If you want really gothy stuff, you can go to Elysium. Barbarella has a really good show. Cheer up Charlie's. So, I mean, it's just all the good people are just like spread out. All the great bands. It's a little overwhelming, actually. <laughs> That's a celebration. When it's just too overwhelming, the good music, you know you're in the right spot. And great, it's all free. Yeah. A free week started in 2003. Back then, the concert series was held in just one venue. As of yesterday, a dozen are now participating. Good to see that it's back. Absolutely, yeah. and I love that. a sample, a little sampling of what <laughs> Austin live music is all about. Let me show you what's going on with your forecast here because we squeeze in one more nice day, then some changes arrive with our next cold front. Right now, I'm not seeing anything on clouds and radar. We are pretty quiet. There will be a little bit more cloud cover today compared to yesterday, but you're still gonna notice a good amount of sunshine. We're waiting our next cold front here, coming in with a little piece of that Pacific storm system. Right now I'm seeing 46 degrees downtown. Winds are calm. Humidity about 76%. Increasing humidity expected through the day today. Basically today is kind of like the primer for this cold front. We're going to see a good south flow coming in from the Gulf. So we're talking increasing humidity, increasing temperatures. It's a warm and humid kind of breeze today. Our temperatures are in the 30s and 40s everywhere you look. It's a chilly to cold start to the day. So a jacket will be needed this morning, but you won't as we get into the later part of the afternoon. I mean, mid 60s by lunch forecast high today, 75 degrees. Yesterday we hit 69, so it is going to be a little warmer. 
certainly warmer than where we should be for the month. Now, let me talk to you about what's going on with these rain chances because we wake up tomorrow morning with a mainly gray sky, probably a few pockets of fog too. Not going to be nearly as pretty as what we have today and what we had yesterday. You're going to notice increasing scattered showers through late morning and early afternoon. These are very light though in intensity. We'll continue to watch that front kind of slide through the area, maybe even a few thunderstorms in the mix here late tomorrow afternoon, early evening. But then it does look like everything pretty much clears overnight. Maybe we see one or two little showers left over Sunday morning, but I've almost dropped all of us out of the rain chances on Saturday. I'm just including a 10% chance for our eastern counties Sunday morning, and that's it. So Saturday's looking what is at 40%. The rainfall potential. Not fantastic, maybe about a tenth of an inch to a half an inch if we're lucky. Isolated pockets could get more, but in general, this is not going to be a soaker system for us. Seven day forecast, 75 today, breezy south winds tomorrow. Still warm ahead of the cold front, 40% chance of the scattered showers, a few isolated storms. As far as Sunday goes, like I said, mainly dry, but temperatures will be cooler in the mid 60s. Then we get you into next week. Quick rebound back to the 70s by Tuesday. And then another cold front looks to roll in here sometime between Wednesday and Thursday. Overnight lows staying well above freezing here in Austin for the next seven mornings. This is KXAN Sports, brought to you by Thomas J. Henry. Good morning to you with all that's going on with the Texas program. The Finality in one department with Chris Beard being fired. They are in the middle of the season. In fact, the Longhorns hit the road today for their next game. Chris Beard, of course, was suspended in December. They played with Rodney Terry as the acting head coach, won five out of six. Now they know this is the way it's going to be. Difficult as it is, this is a team that could contend for a national championship. But we hear from some of the top analysts in the nation about this current Longhorn team, where they stand and what it will take. But I think this is a huge challenge for both their players and their staff. My freshman year, coach took a leave of absence because of a back injury. And that was one of the most difficult circumstances I encountered as a player. Human nature in times of adversity is to get self-centered. And for this group, with everything they've gone through, their world has been turned upside down. Mm -hmm. It's going to be really important that this tough time galvanizes them. Right now, it's more important how they're going to deal with the adversity that comes along with being a member of the Big 12. But in terms of their locker room, in terms of their leadership, in terms of their toughness, in terms of their culture, I think all those things are in place to navigate a very, very difficult situation. But I think that this Texas roster is uniquely prepared to handle this moment. They have old leadership. I mean, Marcus Carr and Timmy Allen are mm -hmm. both fifth-year seniors, and those are two of your top three scorers. So, you know, get, get those guys at the top. Everybody else kind of follow in line. Yeah, you just wonder about the players' headspace throughout all this. Getting ready for Oklahoma State. That's a road game tomorrow morning in Stillwater. And then back home next Wednesday. And you know the Longwoods would love to see a huge crowd at Moody as they take on TCU. Back to you. Buffalo Bills will not finish its game against the Cincinnati Bengals. The NFL officially canceling Monday's postponed game after DeMar Hamlin collapsed. Only one game left in the regular season now, and the league is going to work out how this canceled game will affect playoff seeding. As far as Hamlin's condition, he is doing better. Bills quarterback Josh Allen expressing how encouraging these positive updates have been. We just want to love up on him, you know, so the next chance we get, I don't know when it's going to be. If we, if we get to see him anytime soon, man, it's going to be awesome. 
Hamlin is still in critical condition, but doctors say he's moving his hands, moving his feet, still has a breathing tube. He can't speak, but he's communicating by writing out questions. Uh, last night he was able to um, emerge and uh, follow commands uh, and even ask uh, who had won the game. Doctors say they responded, yes, Damar, you won the game of life. Chief Medical Officer for University of Texas Athletics say Hamlin's injury highlights the importance of having medical staff on site at all times. It really does. College football has one of the highest injury rates across college sports. And KXN's Dahana Rickman takes an in-depth look at what resources UT has at its football games. Hit after hit. The physicality and the mental toughness. You expect the athletes. Fight for each other, you know, finish for each other. To get back up. Texas Athletics Chief Medical Officer Alan Hardin is here to make sure that happens. A number of medical professionals uh, on the field, not just in football and other, and other sports and in other venues, has increased dramatically. Um, probably doubled or tripled in the time that I've been at UT. He says about 10 medical personnel are on the Longhorn sidelines at every game. We do have an independent medical observer that's in the press box that can call down if he or she were to see something that they thought maybe we missed. While there's a team of medical professionals watching out for athletes on the field, there's also a team watching out for you in the stance. It's the law of large numbers. You're going to have people who end up having a, an emergency, heart attacks, strokes, those kind of things. Dr. Ryan McCorkle is a medical director for DKR. He's got 70 doctors, nurses, and EMTs across the stadium. Well, they're standing there kind of scanning the crowd somewhat, but also anybody in the crowd who's having, hey, my friend has passed out, my friend has having chest pain, my friend's short of breath, that kind of thing. Extra monitors to make sure it's all gas, no breaks for the Longhorns. Tahira Rahman, KXAN News. The Texas Athletics Chief Medical Officer says his team also has an emergency action plan for games and practices. Says medical staff practices and rehearses those at least once a year at each athletic venue. Thanks for joining KXAN News today. You can also listen to KXAN News Nightly every weekday after 5.30 p.m. for in-depth coverage on what matters most to you.